Welcome back to the So Rare Ramble. We are back in 2024. This is our first show in 2024, right? Did we do one last week? No, we did one last week. It's our second show in 2024. God, this year's flying by. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you've all had a great new year if this is the first one you're listening to. And if it's not, then whatever. Like, who fucking cares, really? Um, we are back for another show today. We've got an action-packed show. I reckon one of our most controversial topics is going to be talked about today. I think there'll be toys thrown out the pram there'll be people left without i don't know there'll be people leaving the platform people leaving the show i reckon our our month of daily listeners sort of half after today's show but we are joined today by my favorite monkey that plays so rare david and my favorite bull from the stars chris how you doing boys is that only because you don't know chris's brother that's true yeah no we actually do know so representatives of the show have been in touch um, but we can't agree on a fee to get him on. So it's been really <laughs> difficult, actually. Um, he's one hell of a negotiator. It's crazy. Um, soon, guys, soon we'll have him on. And, uh, and and the show will actually get significantly less rambly, I think, as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we need to think of a, an animal uh, to, to enter your name, your so rare manager name. About Ryan lion. Ryan About... the Lion Haber. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I like it. That what that works. King of the jungle, king of king of the king of the king of so five, king of the jungle. That's me, Ryan the lion. So we do have a very action-packed show today, and we're going to be talking about some, I think, controversial or, or an incredibly controversial topic. And I want to preface it a little bit by saying that some of the questions I'm going to ask will put the lads on the spot a little bit. And I want to I want to say that sometimes when you're on the spot, you might not think fully when you answer something. So. I think next week I want to revisit some of the answers after there's some information. Cause I think within the next week, we should get an announcement at some point soon as well. Uh, and I want to revisit it next week as well and sort of recover the topic again a little bit and see if any of your answers have changed after feedback and sort of talking through it today. What do you think? Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Brilliant. So let's recap the game week first. We had Turkey and Italy playing in the game week just gone. What? Which one of the tournaments did you win? I didn't. I, do you know what? I was shock. I, I, I should have. I actually should have. Dusan Tadic will pay for his sins because that man cost me probably a podium this week. I think he missed a penalty that was won by Szymanski. I had both of them in my All Star Rare Plus, and I was looking at how many points of a swing missing that penalty was. So it it's minus ten for missing a penalty, and you don't get the plus twenty five to get to the sixty base score for a decisive. So already that's minus thirty five. The 10 points that Szymanski would have got for adding a decisive to his already two decisives would have been another 10 points. So that's 35 points. Plus the captain bonus on Tadic. If he'd have got to the, I think it would have been 72, 73 points. We're looking at, what is it, a 28% bonus. So I think it would have been roughly like another 16, 17 points on top, roughly. You'd have got a big, big chance missed as well, minus five. Yeah, Maybe well, that, like, that goes in. So that goes in with the penalty. penalty yeah, miss, yeah. yeah. So I, I think I missed out on roughly about 60-ish points 
And I was 58.37 points away from a tier one. I was 66 points away from a tier zero, so third and second place. Um, and I was 73 points away from first place. So whether or not I would have got there with the penalty scored, I don't know. But he will pay for his sins. However, I did I did finish, you know, with a tier two, so I can't complain too much. How did you boys do? Yeah, well, games game week's not over for me because I've got two games that kick off in the next sort of, uh, 45 minutes, 40 minutes. And it looks like one of the players that DMP'd at the weekend is starting. I can't get the full team news yet, but I'm sure it'll be up imminently because Sarah Dada have got it. Um, and if those players do well, then I could have a pretty high finish in 270, which was my 270 rare was my priority. Um, my keeper, Babakan, Volkan Babakan got uh, 92.6. Fisker scored, he got 70.8. And then the other three players, including my captain, have all got decent base scores. I just need them to crack on today and get some big scores. And at the moment, I'm only 11 points off a of tier three. So I would hope I'd get a tier three minimum. And what am I? I would need pretty big scores to get on the podium. Like I need 90 points, which actually isn't unrealistic. If my captain does well, then you get a 50% bonus. So. You know, during the first part of the, or the second half of the show, I will be sweating Turkey. But yeah, apart from that, it's been, you know, it's probably been the deadest time of the year. We talk about Christmas being dead, but this feels even deader the last couple of weeks because obviously the EPL is like on FA Cup duty twice this month. So I think most teams only have one game this month, don't they? In the Premier League, loads of teams are down. A few of them come back this weekend. Uh, by the end of the month, we should be, you know, nearly fully up and running, definitely across Europe and part of America. But yeah, it's going to be fun. It is a bit of a boring period, isn't it? Well, it's a boring period for some. I actually have two Turkish stacks. So for me right now, I'm actually quite enjoying it. I've got Fenerbahce and Galatasaray um, having sort of a couple of Spanish players as well. Now we've got a little Super Cup coverage this weekend. So I'm excited for that. Although it. Like this is the thing. There was I saw a little bit of a uh, anger for some people thinking that there'd be some kind of unfair advantage, and they don't realise that it's like the four best teams in Spain. Well, Osasuna are in there. They're not the best, but they're a decent team in Spain. It's not like these are going to be three or four nil games to any team. They're going to be difficult, sort of hard fought games. And I don't imagine that anyone will win any any all stars with a Real Madrid or a Barcelona stack, considering they've got difficult games. Um, yeah, I've got Griezmann, and Griezmann's away yeah. at Real Madrid. It's like I'm not even playing him in rare. So I've played him because he's not away, technically, and he is away at the same time. They're being played in Saudi of Arabia. It's in Saudi, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But also, if Atletico win, I believe they get a double game week because the final's being played on... I don't know, actually. I might be wrong on that. I don't know. But anyway, I played my Griezmann because they're in Saudi. So it's like, I just thought both teams are away, technically. So I don't think it'll be any kind of unfair disadvantage or unfair advantage uh, in that regard. But I've actually, quite, yeah, I've quite enjoyed this uh, this little period of of, of games, uh, having having my Turkish boys, and we've got a nice Turkey pretty much only game week bar the Spanish boys coming up as well. The midweek gonna be very interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, I've just I've also just seen by the way our favourite Turkish team are playing in 34 minutes. How about you, Chris? Have you done any, uh, had any game weeks? Had any lineups, should I say, in this game week? I don't know how your Turkish um, gallery is looking. Yeah. I, at the start of the game week, I did. And then I've just cancelled my lineups and started selling <laughs> selling all my Turkish players into the demand, selling them upstream. Uh, I sold quite a few before the start of last game week. Um, yeah. Just kind of decided that actually 
I wanted to put my funds to better use and um, sell the Turkish players while they're high, really. Um, I hate Turkey as a league. <laughs> I hate it as a region. I find it like an absolute black hole for info because when you try and look for any info on an individual player on, on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, you type it in and it comes up with like politicians and, you know, <laughs> minor celebrities and all sorts with the same name in Turkey. So um, I just find it a very annoying league to uh, to play and I've never had any success with it. So, I'm, so basically I'm, what thought... you're saying is that uh, the Turkish league is trash. So if you want to That's say that, then we can soundbite yeah. that and put it out. It's not a, it's uh, not a delight, I know that. <laughs> I'm actually hearing, guys, that Chris has just said that he just hates Turkish people. <laughs> For our Turkish listeners, I would like to say the Surah Ramble does not is not represented by Chris's views here. Um, and we would like to clarify that we don't hate Turkish people. Uh, we cannot speak on behalf of Chris. I love the food, but I'm not a big fan <laughs> of their, uh, their league of football. So, uh, yeah. I, I... Anyway, I've sold most of them. I've still got Mama Tiam. Oh, hang on, I might have a little notification now while we're live on air. Do you guys get the? I do you guys have sold, the phone app? Sold Mama Tiam. Lovely. Let's go. Look at that. There we go. So that was the last one I was trying to get rid of. Um, so yeah, I've sold out of them now and um, putting money into other areas of my gallery that I think need more help and more assistance, and will go to better use in the next few weeks and few months, hopefully. I think we'll be talking about that a little bit as well later on in the show i imagine do you guys have the phone app sorry off topic but do you guys have the app on the phone the sorry i app? do yeah it's pretty impressive actually it's literally a mirror of the the web app that you used to have on the phone you're um you're android right i'm android yeah yeah so i'm ios we don't have the as many features as you guys have yet but one thing i'm i do love is the fact that i get notified when i get offers in game now on my phone so like I can't look at them on the app, unfortunately, yet, because I think there's issues with iOS taking a percentage of, of transactions. But um, I get notified and I absolutely love it because then I know when to check my sort of, you know, laptop or computer to have a look at Office now. I don't have to keep so rare open all the time and wait for a little blue notification on the Chrome app. So, yeah, it's uh, impressive. I like it. It is. It, it, I think that a mobile first approach, although I think a lot of people when they see the announcements and they see that they're focusing on the mobile stuff don't really care about it i think long term having a mobile approach is is massive because most people are glued to their phones these days i don't i think most people don't really use laptops and computers anymore i think phones for everything so i think it's a very very positive thing that they focus on that anyway wouldn't be a sir ramble show without some rambling um i wanted to talk about this topic today and i tweeted something yesterday inspired by the idea of the topic that we were talking about in our group chat and i'm gonna bring in some feedback that i got on that tweet later on to talk about it but there's been ideas floated around lately about the idea that sora could remove the threshold from cap 240 potentially remove it completely or reallocate it or use the funds in different competitions I suppose that is just reallocating and i wanted to see first of all how you guys feel about that and then gauge your opinions based on feedback from the community, because we got a lot, had 120 replies to my tweet, which on the so rare Twitter account is a lot. Uh, I got 30 something thousand views. So I think there's a lot of feedback. I'm not going to go for all of it, but I will be bringing some things up to ask you guys. But before we do that, David, I'll start with you. How do you feel about the idea of so rare either removing or reallocating the threshold? I, I think it's needed. Do, do I want them to keep thresholds? 
Uh, yeah, because it's an easy way to farm cash. Is it good for the game? Uh, probably not in its current form, and I think it needs to be adjusted. Will it, a threshold form of tournament where you can win cash for reaching certain levels exist down the line? I think it will exist for a long time. I'm not, I, I've actually written out of, in quite a lot of detail, actually, a sort of threshold replacement, but let Chris have his, give his, um, speak first, and then we'll talk about potential ideas that they might do. What are your thoughts, Chris? Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, there's kind of two issues at the minute. Um, I think just to kind of answer the first question, uh, you know, I agree. I think that there does need to be a, a threshold competition in some form, um, but it needs tweaking. Um, I think that there's there's two things at the minute. So there does need to be more um, value put into the you know higher end players in the game, more expensive players, and more of a a push for managers to branch out and play other regions. Um, and I think maybe at the moment too many are um, you know are playing the two forty, and that is just the whole aim of the game for them. I do think that was still the case along, you know, two, three, well, two years ago, a year ago. And actually it was even easier um, prior to the, uh, the 240 cap coming in when the thresholds used to be an all-star rare. And at that time, interestingly, there didn't seem to be a big problem with the prices of, of premium cards, um, which is, you know, another topic, I suppose, in a fashion, but... Um, yeah, the two. So that you know, to to answer the question, yes, there does need to be a threshold competition. Um, I think it's needed for progression in the game. I think it's needed for smaller galleries, but it does need tweaking and realigning to um, you know to try and get people to progress and to put some more value into the more expensive players within the game. I think that's fair. My tweet yesterday wasn't so much uh, they're going to remove it, but it was a question, and I said. If Sarah announced this month they taught, uh, they were removing thresholds in August because they can only do gameplay updates in January and August, um, and instead the money would get injected into the platform in other ways, how would you react? Now, most people said they'd sell up. How do you feel about the idea that so many people would sell up if thresholds were removed? Well, I think that, I think that um, for, the past six, for the past six months we've got... David's eager. <laughs> No, for the past six months. I know. You, did, you content... did say Chris, didn't you? I did say Chris, yeah. <laughs> oh, did you? Sorry. Don't worry, David. No, 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 no. Carry no. on, David. Don't I worry. Said, I, said, I said cravid. You know what these whales are like. Honestly, oh, like, crazy, disgusting. Well, for, for the last six months, <laughs> maybe even longer, every content producer out there has been saying the best way to play so rare is to play thresholds. So for one, it's no surprise now and that includes us, that includes me, includes Haber, includes Sorry Data Boys, in fact, everybody. So now it's no surprise that everybody plays the thresholds because people listen to people. If people say it's the best thing to do, especially newer users, they're going to go in and build galleries to play that. So if you're saying that they may take that away or even change it a little bit, then suddenly people will overreact because they've built their galleries for that. And I get it. It's understandable. It's a divisive subject. But I think it is going to change, and I think people need to accept that. But I think that So Rare will make changes which don't completely wreck people's galleries. Sorry, Chris, over to you. What's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> 
The question is, who Ankara Gucci is your favorite player and why? <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, so through my tweet yesterday, most I would say 80% of replies were people saying they'd sell up if so rare were to change the threshold currently. And I wanted to know how you feel about so many people threatening to sell up with any sort of change to the threshold. Yeah, I, I wasn't surprised at all by the responses that you got. I thought I think you maybe were a little bit more surprised by that when you put that question out there because of what you've been saying. But to me, I think that from a smaller user point of view, you know, like like David said, I suppose it is seen as the bread and butter competition and you start there and then if you want to branch out, you can branch out after that. I think the reality of it is is that from a ROI point of view and making money point of view, thresholds have always, whilst I've played the game, been the best way to make money. Um, whether that money then stays on site or comes off site, again, has always been a a point of um, you know something that nobody really knows in terms of you know what quantity of people reinvest that money in and how many take it out of the game. Um, I think a year ago when we saw the parameters change and, and you know, it, it moved into a 240 comp, the threshold, and away from the all-star rare, that, to me, was the start of the kind of the, the crash in the market because it ripped away a lot of the value of the rares. And the rare scarcity seems like it's dropped the most, you know, out of all three, where super rares have stayed pretty good on the whole because, Again, you've got that 240 threshold, which you didn't have a year ago. Um, and I don't think, you know, although I think Limiteds have crashed a lot in terms of where they were, they've sort of been reasonably stable for a while now as well as a, as a whole scarcity, whereas I think rares have struggled. And I think that, you know, going back a year, there was probably even more intrinsic value in the rare cars than what, you know, what there is now because the payouts were were higher. I mean, there was a point where you were getting sort of £70 for the higher threshold, um, whereas it's like 40 now. So it was nearly, it wasn't far off double at points to, to what it is today. And you're also for a low threshold, which was only getting 205 points, which is just seems ridiculous now. You're getting 25 quid, I think it was, 25, 30 quid, you know, for a lower, a lower one at the time. So the amount of money that was flowing around the system and being reinvested each week was huge because... It was being given out by so rare. They weren't making anything out of it because it was just their money going back into the game. But I think having that much money awash in the system is something that also kept prices higher because if everybody's got money in their wallet to spend, as they did before, and it was probably double in terms of the rare market previously with the the you know seventy pound a week or whatever thresholds. I think that was artificially keeping prices probably quite high. And, and propped up and it's something that a lot of people don't probably touch on from from where we were a year ago to now but the money you know circulating from thresholds in the game in the rare market was certainly higher a year ago than it is today and I think that's that is a factor in in you know in why the rare scarcity I think has dropped a, a huge amount as well so yeah but anyway i'm waffling i'm rambling as i do but yeah i don't going back to the original question i'm not surprised by by the kind of reaction and, and the fear around it because i think that um it's the most popular competition and and it's the way that people can earn money rather than cards i think first of all that i think that's very fair um 
a year ago, it was it was far too easy to win a threshold a year ago. Well, I mean, yeah, well, 205 or 250 points in an uncapped mode when you could use a common in there as well. Mind-blowing how easy we had it. Um, I don't think I was so much surprised with how many people were against it. I think the thing that surprised me a little bit yesterday, and it's something that I, I feel like I've learned now, is how many people throw around them selling up as a threat or a weapon towards so rare and it's like i don't know if they think that and obviously you know no i don't want people to sell up i don't want people to go i i love as many people enjoying this platform as possible but there has become this almost toxic thing now where people use their gallery and threatening to sell up as as some kind of weaponized approach when they disagree with anything that so rare does and i just think like if you're gonna if you're threatening to leave every time so rare makes a change almost every change they make is is usually negatively received if you're gonna threaten every time i couldn't imagine what it'd be like for sort of newer users to come in to see a change like that and to see so many people threatening to sell their gallery straight away it almost generates more panic and this sort of fear-mongering uh, approach that seems to be so common at the moment and i think that's the thing that surprised me was that maybe i was i didn't realize how low sentiment was or how low people's trust were or just how many how much people want to sort of threaten to leave the platform to get their own way i personally you know if i didn't like a change it's not i wouldn't be sat there be threatening to, th- to, to sell up it's not you know what i mean it's it's just not me i wouldn't sell up you know so like I, I really don't like the idea that, that anytime so rare sort of try and implement a change, that's the first sort of reply people go for. So I think that's what surprised me the most. But I wasn't surprised with how many people were against it. I totally understand it. But it's like both of you said, like like David said, it's, you know, it is a, an easier way to farm money. I, I wish that there was more incentive at the moment to move up. And one of the first responses I wanted to talk about was from Sura Israel or Jonathan, who said uh, his response would be he's very disappointed. There needs to be an understanding that the threshold is the foundation to step up on so rare. I hate this idea that 240 is is you step up and you just stay there. I feel like what I what I think so rare wanted was the idea of people to move from 220 to 240 to then into regionals and 217 other competitions. But unfortunately, what's happening is people are just stagnating there. I think that's causing sort of a huge problem with especially the higher end cards that people, there's no desire for them. People don't want to buy these big cards because they're afraid of competing with bigger galleries with people with bigger cards. Um, so that was sort of my first my first issue. Um, but I did want to bring up something and ask you guys what you thought on this. It was actually a really good really good point that someone called Mr. Foot Lovers made. And a foot spelled F-U-T. I don't think he's got a foot fetish, but he might. Uh, he said... Um, why do we always have to remove good things to create potential other good things? And that really has stuck with me for the last 24 hours. I want to ask you guys, do you think there's any way Sarah can implement changes without removing Threshold completely? Uh, well, yes, I think there is. They can do it. I don't think they will. I think that there will be changes. That's it. Yeah. Sorry, I was, I was just expecting, I was expecting more. Sorry, <laughs> no, I'm not Chris. <laughs> I don't think that... I mean, I think like what you're touching upon is that you've got to try and it's a difficult balance because you've got to try and appease different types of users here. So you've got you kind of you know your lower budget guys who are who probably play two forty rare 
and at maybe play limited and at, you know um, see that as the the pinnacle of the competitions they're entering. And then you've got sort of bigger users who are probably, you know, predominantly Champ Europe focused. And it's, you know, the Champ Europe star tier players are, you know, probably had the biggest drop in price. Well, certainly had the biggest drop in price in a, you know, um, a pound or dollar basis from where they were 12 months ago. And the, the value's been ripped out of them because not enough you know, solo managers are wanting to play. So they've got to, they've just got to rebalance things without upsetting everybody. And they've got to try and appease two different types of user and different types of people. I think and it was a yes or no question, Chris, by the way. No questions, a yes or no question. It was like, <laughs> it's like, should they, yeah, can they do it? So like yes or no? <laughs> yeah, they can. well, yeah, they probably can. But again, I don't think they will because I think they've got to, balance their books and they're a business and I think just by flinging more and more money at it will make everybody happy but it's not good for them and it's got to be what's good for so rare as well as as attractive for the the user do you, do you think just as this is a random one that I spoke to someone about yesterday uh do you think they'd be outraged if so rare announced that 240 now needed three new season cards per scarcity in rare how do you think they yeah. would react to that if it was three new season cards yes I think there would be see my my main issue at the moment is that people want threshold to stay. People want everything to stay the same as it is right now, but they want prices to rise. They want their gallery value to rise and not drop. Uh, like all of this, whilst we're not sh like sort of shoveling in new users, because there's no way you can just bring in tens of thousands of new users overnight. And I just don't understand how like there has to be, in my opinion, some sacrifice somewhere. And I think that if we want, the market to stabilize or potentially go up there has to be as much new buying as there is old buying as well um and i just don't see a world in where everyone can have their cake and eat it too and i think that that for me has been the biggest eye-opening thing for me over the last 24 hours is how many how how much people genuinely believe that they can keep everything the same way whilst their gallery going up and prices going up and there being no sacrifice on their end and it's just i don't I don't get it. I think so rare at the moment are going to be in a massive uphill battle because they're going to have to make some tough choices that are going to leave some people unhappy. But if they don't, then this this platform could genuinely go to zero. Yeah, the, the, no, problem you've got, the problem you've got, in my opinion, with that is that, you know, out of sort of the five years that the platform's existed or four and a half years or whatever it is, you've had a bad 12-month period now where everyone's been upset and, and the market's been on a downward spiral but the previous four years to that everything was rosy new users were joining demand was higher than supply and pretty much everyone on the platform was making money and mm -hmm. and it was almost too and it was too easy to make money and the last 12 months have seen a big reverse to that with with obviously everyone being upset i think the longer term users were so used to that period of how great it was and how good it used to be and how easy it was for them that they just don't like any anything being made more difficult and it's a difficult user base because it's quite it's almost like a spoiled brat kind of user base at yeah. times where they were so used to having everything their own way so used to everything being great that now it's a bit trickier and you've you've got to dig in a bit more make more effort um put some more funds in whatever it is that there's resentment to that.
Well, that's definitely, what yeah. yeah. I agree. And like, I don't know whether you've caught it this week, but I, I love that one of the first podcasts I listen to every week is The Value of Talent. You know, I know Feder. I went to a game with him recently. I think you did as well, didn't you, Ryan? He's at every game, apparently. Every game I go to, he's like two <laughs> rows ahead. I'm not kidding, right? There's been about four games in the last year where I'm just there and he's he's four rows ahead of me. I'm just like, ah, what are you doing here? So that man knows how to get tickets for free, doesn't he? Uh, like, uh, in different countries as well, not even just like the UK. Like We're talking United games, like things at PSG. He's everywhere, mate, honestly. I do love him. Oh, yeah, so the, the show that uh, Value of Talent that um, him and, uh, Harry. and Harry do... Um, I think it's an excellent show and they do cover a lot of the stuff. I don't really agree with a lot of Feder's views when it comes to the changes. And they he went off on one this week on the show, the latest show, saying that they, you know, as far as he's concerned, he wants it to be a premium product again. Everything's rare, you know, and it's, you know, a game for the rich. I don't think it's ever going to go down that route now. And I think by the fact they're launching rivals, they're definitely never going to go down the route. But his idea was that they should just get rid of limited threshold. No one cares about $5. Move everything, all of the money into the rare tournaments and stuff like that. And that would encourage people to move forward. I, I thought that was just a crazy thing to say to start off with, because most of the users are limited users to start off with. And to say to somebody that's got a um, hundred quid gallery, 200 quid gallery, that $5 doesn't matter is insanity. You know, I, I just think that they can't do that, you know, and I don't think they will do that. But even someone, you know, saying that sort of stuff, especially when their gallery is primarily led to rare and super rare, just sums up about the community in a lot of ways that people are after things that affect themselves. And we should try and come up with solutions that are good for the whole of the community rather than just thinking to yourself, like the solution I sort of would pad it out you know, I think would be good for everybody in the long term. Some people would lose out short term, some people would gain short term, but any changes are going to be like that. But anyway. Why don't you run, why don't you run through the... the yeah, let's hear it. David. Yeah. Okay, well, to start off with, um, I think this was first mentioned months ago, maybe even October by MPEN about having different levels. Chris has subsequent, subsequent, um, subsequently mentioned it on the show before Christmas, I think, about having different levels. So that's the fundamental change to start off with. So turning cap to 40, getting rid of cards within that tournament to start off with. So there's no card rewards, it's just cash. And there are levels then. So you still have that 280 level. And for that, you could win 25 bucks. These numbers are literally pulled out the air. I haven't done any maths to check the numbers and actually look at the revenue that or the revenue that it would free up to put into other tournaments. So 280, 25 quid, $315, $50, $350, $75, $400 plus $100. This is just for rare, but obviously you can mirror that across all of the tournaments. What I'd love to see and what I don't think we will see to start off with, because it takes a lot more coding in terms of um, like front end dev and like design of the site would be if you could select your target. And I think that was something that M Penn mentioned in his original article. And I think that would be a great way to go because, you know, a lot of people are sort of egocentric and they think, oh, I can hit that team's brilliant. That can hit 350, doesn't hit 350. Or people will be realistic and just go down the 280 route and, you know, get their 25 bucks. So that's one thing. So overall, 
that would re reduce in every single tier the amount of thresholds that are paid out every week. I'll come back to what we do with that money sort of in a minute. Just to add, just to add as well, David. So I mean, you know, I agree with that, and, and the difference between mine and Pen's idea was Pen, like you say, was having a target. If you didn't hit that, you get nothing. Yeah. Whereas mine was just, you know, there's an incentive for you to build better teams, and the better you do in that two forty comp, you earn more. But it kind of puts you off, puts you off just trying to scrape the two eighty. Because at the moment you get a flat rate, you know, regardless if you get two eighty or or three eighty, it makes no odds. Exactly. Um, and I think you're both coming from exactly the same angle that it was to make stars stars again. You know, to make if you're in a player card that's got a high L fifteen or whatever, to try and hit higher thresholds, then you can do that if you can find the value to fit it in the team, of course. And that's part of the actual skill within the game, finding yeah. value before other people. Now this is something that I thought about quite a bit over the sort of last few days, the last couple of weeks, actually, is that the actual money given out in threshold now, I would like it to be so rare credits where you can use it anywhere on the site. I think the most likely solution would just be auction credits. So that then funnels that money into the auction. Now, you're already then giving out less tier fours and tier fives, which a lot of them get given out within capped format. So just to go just to go back, I think that 270, two, uh, 270 and uh, two twenty will be reward boxes. I think they've they haven't leaked it, but the surveys that came out, it's looking like they want to roll that out into other tournaments. That again would reduce the tier fours and tier fives given out, which in theory could increase the value of some of those rewards within the auctions. So that's having a double a double impact then increasing the actual auction credit. So that encourages people to go from the auctions to actually buy cards, therefore increasing demand. No tier fours near tier fives given out and capped. That increases demand for them because people still want them for collections. They still want them for that. And they often are the ones that go into the death spiral when people get rewards the most because they're the ones where they're given out more so people tend to undercut each other just to get rid of them because they honestly don't care. So that would give a little bit of a more of a flaw to them. Now, the biggest complaint there would be, you know, well, I can't win cash now, so I want them to sell up. So I think that that money then should be moved into the regions, the money that's saved, and that is just pure cash that you win then. So you are funneling people through potentially 220 if they really are beginners, or even the, I can't even remember the names of them, specialist or whatever they yeah. are, into 220. Once you've got the goalkeeper, you go 240. You get some money, save some money up, you buy auction players, then you pick a region that you want to go into, and you start to get a little bit more competitive in that. Now, I think that the money they give out within the regions, then one can be a bit more, can have more money at the top, but also can pay further down because they're saving an absolute fortune from like the thresholds. So that means that even sort of, you don't need an, an absolutely, you know, nailed on Fenerbahce team on a short week to actually potentially get some cash rewards. So you can still get some cash within those if you're prepared to take the risk and keep moving forward. So that, that then encourages the pressure within the regions. If you're giving more money out in the regions, then 
there'll be even more demand for higher tier cards because obviously there's no caps within the region. So that then puts pressure on people wanting better cards within the regions. Maybe they won't be able to afford them to start off with, but that certainly will be their target long term. I think that's pretty much everything to start off with. What are your thoughts so far? I mean, essentially, it's a lot of your idea, but it, it's I mean, way I want to funnel the money. Yeah, I quite like I quite like a lot of it really. I mean, I was I was thinking when you said about the um, the credits um, initially, and my my main kind of drawback with that is it doesn't help the secondary market very much. No, um, and that's why I'd like it to be so rare credit. I just don't think yeah. that that's the way they would go. That's the that's the main drawback I think with it that it, it doesn't help the secondary market and and you know that would get more and more clogged up potentially. But I do like that. Um, you know, you can't do anything else with that money other than spend it on auctions. Um, so you're going to be buying more new cards. The only place you can then either, you know, the only thing you can do with those new cards is you can sell them on the secondary market, I suppose. And then, you know, people will try and do that and will, you know, do that instead of just um, taking the, the 40 quid a week or whatever. But, um, it does push a lot of people to then going. Well, okay, I can I can win a bit of credit, start building some some other teams up and entering other competitions where I can then earn earn my cash. Um, in terms of the regionals, I mean, I heard Led saying he's been talking about it quite a lot the last week, and he was saying about perhaps having you know if you beat fifty percent of the competition in the regionals, you get a cash payout. Do you think that's too high? Yes, or, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think so you say what, 20, 25% or something like that? That's essentially just, you know, moving thresholds from one tournament to another. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I, I just I don't think that, you know, Led used to love playing cash tournaments in DFS on sites like DraftKings. And that is this sort of methodology where you beat 50% of people and you, or you go head to head against a person. If you beat them, you get half that you get the money back, you like double your money, you know, and it's a similar sort of methodology. But just, it's just to go slightly, back, doing slightly better than the average, basically, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I just think that that again, sort of, you know, just means people just want to get average cards, just better than average cards, a decent captain, four average players, and go from there. I think that, like, yeah, the overall bullet points from like the system that I just sort of spoke about was it reduces more unwanted rewards because you're getting rid of a lot more tier fours and tier fives from within capped. And capped, you know, gives out a lot of those rewards, especially in limited. It increases demand for better cards, which I think everybody wants, because you know, if a Kimmick is worth, you know, limited Kimmick is worth five hundred quid as opposed to a hundred quid, then it pulls up a lot of the players from beneath that as well. It increases liquidity within the market within auctions to start with, but then the deeper cash payouts within the regions means that people are still getting cash to buy the secondary auction uh, secondary market cards. So potentially it increases liquidity on tier fours and tier fives, because if you're building a collection, you want to get those cards to complete that collection. It increases the appeal of regions, which I think a lot of people want, you know, unless you've built just a gallery for thresholds, which, you know, gets a bit tiresome. And I understand why people would want to leave if they literally are just playing thresholds constantly. And so rare benefits financially twice. It saves on the thresholds, but also the increased money that they would earn from auctions, from people buying the auctions, then gives them more money then to farm into actual regions. 
So giving, you know, exponentially increasing the actual money given out. I think I I like the idea. The only thing I will say with SoRare Credit, and it's maybe an area that isn't... So so this is my worry with, with SoRare Credit. If it's auction-based only, right, SoRare will start to lose quite a lot of money in the sense of if they use auction credit, they're now not getting the money for, let's say you buy a card for $50, you've got $50 credit, you buy a card on auction for $50. So we're just giving you that card for free now and they lose that $50 that you would have spent. So it kind of works if it encourages people to then buy a $100 card, put 50 of their own money with 50 uh, market, uh, whatever you call it, like credit. Um, somebody, I'm a... They, they were recently. already giving out this money anyway. I know, I know, I know they were, I know they were. So, but what I'm saying is it doesn't, like, so it wouldn't change a huge amount. I don't think they'd save loads of money because they they effectively lose um the money elsewhere i'm a duck said uh in nba they were doing a uh they were giving credit out as part of rewards and it was like 20 i think they were giving like a 25 percent discount on auctions and i kind of like that idea a bit a bit if that's a possibility with them i don't know how they'd figure it out but like i i want them if they're going to give out credit to somehow make it where they can encourage people to spend with their credit rather than only buy with credit if that makes sense unless like you say it's on the secondary market which i think would be beneficial just for the market liquidity on its own and they rake back to five percent of every purchase as well in the secondary market too so um the second thing i'll say i do think it's really important that they bring money to regionals i think they could quite easily tier money in regionals so for example I don't know, let's say X amount of people play Asia and 10X the, that amount of people play Challenger. So you you pay out in Challenger Rare down to 100th, get like 100th play can get like $15 ETH, right? Up until like podium and they get like what, $500, whatever it is. In Asia, maybe it's top 15 because it's like the percentage difference of players, right? So like, but they're still, there's still money on, uh, up for grabs, I guess. Um I'd like to see something like that across every single regional competition because I just think you would encourage people to play sideways then, to move into Asia, to move into Challenger, to move into Champion, to move into all these regionals because ultimately that should that that is progression. Progression's not moving up to 240 and staying there. That you're lying to yourself. You're not progressing. You're lying to yourself. What you're doing is you're moving to the easiest comp to farm free money every week. And if you would leave if they changed the threshold like that, they're not customers I think SoRare want. I don't think SoRare want these customers that will just sit in 240 the entire time because you are just effectively taking money from this game, not putting it anywhere, and just like that that's not beneficial for the ecosystem. Like those people that that were replying to my tweet yesterday saying, I just want to farm my 240 threshold and, and I'll leave otherwise. Like it's it's almost better if they leave. You're not beneficial to this community and you're not beneficial to the SoRare ecosystem if you're going to sit there with your 240 team that you've had for the last year that you haven't changed because you bought 15, 20 players and kept the whole time. You're not beneficial if all you do is farm a threshold every week or you try and farm a threshold every week. That I mean, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about obviously, you know, SoRare is not a betting company. If it was a betting company, those kind of users would be banned by now. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> Believe me, I've been banned by a lot of you know, betting companies in the UK and they don't like winning customers, you know, no. and if you're a winning customer over, over bet three, six, five, your account just gets blocked very, very, very quickly. Absolutely. Um, like a casino it, as well. Like if you're sat there yeah. winning on a, on a casino table, eventually like the big boys in their black suits are coming and they're throwing <laughs> you the out of there, man. Exactly. So you ain't staying there. If you're winning on that table the whole time. Exactly. Like, 
But that's the thing. Well, and, and people don't, I don't think people look at, you know, they look at it from their own point of view and their own personal interest. That's yeah. the problem. And it's, That is the and, problem. And it does, you know, like I think, like I was saying, I think it's for anyone who's been on the platform for more than maybe two years, there's been some good times here. Don't get me wrong. You know, yeah. David's enjoyed good times. I have. Maybe not you as much, Ryan, because you've not been on as long. But, you know, if you've been on two, three years plus, people have made some good money. And it's hard now to turn around and say, well, actually, the model needs to evolve. It needs to change a bit. Um, you know, and if you want the game to carry on and survive, then changes will need to be made. And that's the reality of it, isn't it? I totally agree. I, I, I And I agree with both your points, what you said earlier about sort of user entitlement and what you've just said, where people will want changes that only benefit their own gallery. I think that's a massive thing where people's, people want changes that are so biased to their own benefits. Uh, to, to be completely transparent, right? So I got into So Rare. I made an account September 21, right? I really got into So Rare January 2022. That's when I really got into it and I started really pumping money in. I've my overall investment to so rare is probably around 130,000 pounds in total. I've taken out of that about 20 grand and my gallery is now worth about on so rare data around 40 grand. I reckon if I sold it today I'd probably get about 30 for it. So I'm probably at a net 70, 80, 90k loss. Am I sat like I'm I like I can't afford to lose that kind of like I'm not I'm not a millionaire right I'm not like oh yeah that's fine I'll go piss another ninety grand in there right that hurts more than more than people realize that is painful because I when I got in I thought it was only going up and up and up and obviously it went up and then down and down and down and down and down so I I just want to like stability though I'm not asked about prices going up I'm not asked about getting my ninety k back I just want the stability and I think what people think is that like people think when i when i sit there and i and i offer ideas or ask questions people think oh you know he won gas pro last week he won a, a grand last week he won a mike mignon he must be raking it in i'm at a net 90k loss baby i just want the stability of this platform and i think like too often now you get people that are that think that they're the victim if they would lose their threshold because they invested 500 quid and they've been farming 50 dollars every two weeks no if if we if we have to cut the arm off to save the body, I think Sora needs to do it. And I think it's one of those things where if that means threshold gets redistributed, it means threshold gets redistributed. If it means that we change it to market credit, we change it to market credit. But I I, I must say, and, and I do think he summed it up well, the entitlement and the almost spoilt brat sort of the spoilt brat personification of 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 people in the community in the in the replies to my tweet yesterday really, really stood out to me. Um, and that's why I really wanted to talk about it today and, and sort of see where you guys are thinking. But I do, I, I like the ideas of a tiered system. I like the ideas of potentially moving the money. I like the ideas of a of market credit. I think so rare are going to do something massive. I don't know what they're going to do. I they're think do that as well, like, you know, this this system that I've just expl explained like, and the adjustments and the stuff we spoke about, this doesn't necessarily suit our galleries. You know, no. for, especially for me, because for me, I don't have those top end. I don't have the Kimmicks. I don't have those no. sort of players. You know, I tend, if I win a big card like that, I, you know, I'll get sweaty all over and I have to sell it as soon as possible to get sort of like, you know, my usual of 10 cheaper guys so I can have like a depth every week. So I would rather, and I would rather be able to, like when I win Super Air Threshold, which I can run hopefully when Japan comes back, you know, I want to be able to take that money and do whatever I want with it. I don't want to be forced into using it in auctions. I just think that, 
this system would be good for the like the the, the actual platform overall yes yeah, i'm sure yeah. there's lots of more intelligent people than me or any of us that will come up with ideas i just hope that the idea that so rare comes up with is it's well right thought one. out yeah. yeah they get advice from people at all levels you know not just like people that only have super rare galleries not just people that have limited because everybody's going to have different opinions yeah i think one of the things that, and i know you touched on it a minute ago ryan was um if they if they do decide to um increase cash payouts in regions how they how they decide that hierarchy of of where the the biggest to lowest amount of of cash payouts go now i think champ europe's obviously going to be number one yeah probably u23 number two i think after that i think you know, everyone can have it. yeah i mean i don't know whether they touch all star you know at all i think they um, would do but i think that they would definitely you know like asia what is it after that asia that challenger second yeah, I mean, division. you know challenger second division america asia I think you know it's hard to separate all of them. Really, there's probably an argument from from different people to say what order they should all be in. Um, I think I would say it would be a combination of users that play and yeah. also the amount of teams minted in those regions because they would have yeah. to base it on that because they have to rake back that money through selling those cards via auction, right? Yeah, so agreed, yeah. they would have to do some kind of combination between those two. I would imagine it would go something like Champ Europe under twenty three. <laughs> challenger i would say second division would actually be higher than america and asia because i think that you have so many people in these european regions that play the game there's way more people in europe that play the game compared to america and asia and i think that they i think i see more people buying and and sort of discussing second division than i'd probably say america asia it would be sad actually the, the, the thing with asia is that i feel like the asian community at the moment probably feel really like left out because they lost career scoring, they didn't get the Asia Cup, and if if there was something like this to happen, I imagine Asia would probably be last on the list in terms of um, getting regional money and things like that. So I would like to see so I do something to try and keep the Asian community involved. Because I, I, I honestly, if I was in the Asian community, I, the sentiment for me right now would be quite low. I'd feel a bit shit. I'd feel like so I don't really care about me that much because I, I mean, mean the only reason actions... I buy Asia cards is to play them in All Star or U twenty three or yeah, Cap. exactly. Like, Asia is my last priority team that I do. Exactly, yeah. I'd feel pretty left out if I was in the Asia community. I would, and if there's anyone I that think... listens to our show from the Asia community, we'd love to hear your feedback. I think the only other way you could do the the um, ordering is look at the um, you know the the sort of highest to lowest ranked leagues in world football by FIFA in terms of the quality. Yeah, and then, a, the trouble is there's a big mix there, isn't there? Like, yeah, the championship, yeah, championship ranks higher than most of the other leagues in the world. It does. It does, yeah. That, that was sort of my point is that the championship, I think, is, is about sixth or seventh highest, you know, world standing. Um, whereas, I mean, Challenger is such a mishmash that, you know, probably the Dutch league... Is reasonably high, but then you go down to like the Croatian league, which I imagine's a hell of a lot lower. 
So it'd be tricky to work out, and it's not a job I'd want to do, to be honest, because I think you're going to upset people however you do. Yes, I think no matter what, so rare are going to upset people with any change. I think it's quite funny, looking back, you remember the fitness bonus thing and the outrage? I think if we could go back in time, I think a lot of people that were outraged then would actually like welcome it with open arms, given the way that the sentiment and the community have gone in the last sort of was it like four months ago, roughly three, four months ago that they announced that and then retracted it. And I also I think liked that it. I, liked, I it. liked it as well. You I, liked thought, it. I think Chris liked it. And yeah. more and more, we hear people say that I quite liked it. The trouble mm. with any announcement is the people that don't like something will often shout louder than the people that do. Yeah. Like something. Absolutely. And I think, I think that, that a lot of people now w- would probably take back, maybe not take back completely, but they'd probably wouldn't care anywhere near as much and they wouldn't be as as vocal negatively but i also think a positive i think would would be now i imagine so rare probably won't give in to community pressure like they did with with their next announcement i'd hope right. so. yeah i think they always have that's the problem i think there's been a history of it for years of them backing down and changing yeah, yeah. changing um, their plans because of uproar in the community and they've always been a bit led in that way unfortunately yeah no i agree um but anyway, that's sort of our take and our thoughts on the old threshold, the old, the old Threshy. Uh... By the way, Threshy sounds fucking disgusting. Can we just say that? Like it sounds like you're saying fleshy, and that just is a bit grim, isn't it? And can we say as well, last week, right? The use of cottaging. Now we know what it means. Never <laughs> we, again. We knew what it meant. We won't. <laughs> no, I didn't know what it meant. We won't be using that one again. Which was um, a bit weird. Why you didn't know it? <laughs> we, we we won't be using that one again. Uh, anyway, so. Moving on from the old threshold discussion, which I think is a really good one, and it opens more th- food for thought. And if anyone, by the way, we have a Twitter account, at Sora Ramble. All your feedback's appreciated. If you have any thoughts, either tweet us or tweet the account and let us know what you're thinking because the the dialogue's always open. And we will maybe revisit this next week if we get an announcement and talk about it again as well. And if any opinions have changed, then you'll hear about that. Uh, I want to talk about America because... You two have quite America-focused galleries, and I feel like it's a, a time of year during America that you two seem to thrive a lot more than me. But I, I tell you what, I am absolutely buzzing for the MLS to come back. I know that's not quite the area of, of gallery that you two run, but I'm quite buzzing for the MLS to come back. Uh, Chris, you've been making some big moves in America. You want to talk us through some of the moves you've been making and and sort of what the thought process behind those are? And can we have the average age, please? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can we have the date of birth of every car that you've bought, please? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've touched on it a couple of times in, in the last few weeks. So I've I've gone back up to rares um, and I've been probably, well, all of the rares I've bought are all in the America region. So I've only picked up 12 at the minute. Uh, most of them are from Argentina. And then I've got a couple of guys from Colombia and one from um, who's just moved to the Ecuadorian league. Um, they are on the older side. Um, I've picked up guys who've got, you know, who've moved clubs who I've known have been good elsewhere and their L15s are quite low. Um, and I'm expecting them to be on, you know, the kind of normal roles that we like. So on set pieces, um, high AA midfielders, etc. The utility of them is something I've looked at a lot. So um, the first couple of weeks of the season, Argentina have got a lot of midweeks. Colombia have got loads and loads of midweeks. Um, I've picked up um, 
a sort of mini Rosario Central stack of four or five players from there. You've got Libertadores, who again will be um, have loads of midweeks. So that's kind of been my strategy for rares. And then with limited, um, I've sort of done similar, but I've kind of tried to add a bit more quality as well. So I was quite aware that I didn't have very good quality mids in uh, in my America region. So I've tried to add a lot more quality there. Um, Just buy Carlos Gilly, Moron. <laughs> yeah, again, on a budget, on, on value, on a budget. So, um, you know, for every Carlos Gill, I could probably buy you know, four or five of the midfields I've bought. So, you know, guys like Alan Patrick, again, who, who had midweek um, midweek utility, um, picked up a guy called Scarpa, who I know uh, he sounds like some sort of criminal, but he's not. Um, Gustavo Scarpa, who's gone to Mineiro in Brazil, uh, who has some cards from his time at Forest, and he was just ridiculous in Brazil last time, um, who I think David picked up when I mentioned him the other week. Um, and yeah, just looking for value, picking guys up who've moved clubs, um, picking them up just before they move clubs, or, or guys who've gone back into to leagues who I think will do well. Mihailovic in MLS is an example, and um, improving my range of quality. So that's that's my strategy with America. So just to just to confirm as well, because obviously MLS is theoretically the big one in terms of number of teams, but Liga MX you know, always comes back first. Uh, normally, it's actually first weekend in Jan. Unfortunately, it's not until this weekend that it comes back. And annoyingly, my best forward won't be playing this week. He plays midweek, and that is Brunetta. But, yeah, I'm excited about it as well. I'm actually going to quickly have a look and see if I have any players in America coming back. I don't actually know. I don't. When do I, when, what do I have? I have quite a lot of Brazil. Brazil and MLS is where I actually focus. Um, but yeah, Brunetta. I'm actually really interested to see how Brunetta does. He's just moved clubs, hasn't he? He's moved to Tigres, right? Yeah. You didn't seem to yeah. think he'd do particularly well and it was a bad move for him. I just <laughs> think that my worry, there are some players on the platform and there's no, by the way, there really isn't much basis, if any at all, for for this thought process. It's just how I, I sort of feel in my gut. But there are some players that I think work really well because they're at the right place at the right time. And I wonder if, uh, to me, Brunetta seems like one of those players. I would also associate players like Vita Van Croy, who was at Sparta, was in the perfect spot for him. I think Kimmich might be one of those players who at Bayern Munich is in the perfect spot. And if he does get a move, it could go well, but it also could go horrifically wrong as well. Um, I think there are a few players that are just in that sort of position. Up McCarno at Bayern Munich, you know, those kind of players. So... I'm intrigued to see how he does, but also like, I mean, you guys know him better than I do. And you guys actually watched, you know, Tigres, you watched Santos Laguna last year. So I'm sure he'll smash it. Um, it was more of a gut feeling more than anything that I don't know if he'll uh, hit those scores because he was absolutely flying towards the back end of last year. Like to, to, to heights, I I don't think I've seen for a forward since Messi. Maybe Neymar. Maybe Mbappe. Okay, there's actually a few. But, with it coming back, I do wonder if I will dabble in the uh, in the old Mexico area of so right now because uh, I'm starting to get a bit of FOMO listening to you two in the group chat all the time, sort of sharing players that you're buying and stuff like that. I don't know if I'll quite go for the age range that Chris has been buying, but I'm so I, I am starting to get a bit of FOMO. So you know, next weekend they're coming back. I'm, I'm I might be I might be dabbling. What's the and earliest it- time that you can build an America team 
Based on yeah, your but... thing, I know you've got a load of Brazil cards, but they don't come back until like spring, do they? It is nearly spring. Yeah. I'm joking, but it is nearly spring. Yeah. Uh, what is the earliest I can do it? Let's have a look. Four forty-five. So twenty sixth to the thirty for January. That's when. That's if Argentina. Lucas, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lucas Hojos, if he keeps his position at Newell's Old Boys. I can play him. Apparently, Velasquez hasn't moved, but I think he has moved. I don't really know. Um, and then I've got what else do I have there? Oh yeah, there, well, is, it's, some, it's... there is some talk. He might be number two this season. I don't know if you That's saw. What I, yeah, I have seen it. Old Circular talking on the SD podcast yesterday. And I think he mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. I think that like, I don't think there's any confirmed information either way. From what I've read, from like you know insiders within the team as well and like journalists at the moment it's literally been splitting time between the two keepers and it doesn't look like the manager has made a firm decision yet i'm guessing he will at some point but yeah no it doesn't necessarily look great for him even if he's going to be in another i've got so many keepers that are in shares of roles that i could really do with having a nail keeper in that division but there are some like dmp keepers aren't there opening up i don't know the should I speak about them now, or do you want to speak about them in future in case you want to buy them? I speak about them now. They've got a bit, I've got a bit of lead time, haven't we? Before the I've show got a budget now as well, so I can buy them if uh, before this goes out. <laughs> so, if people want to look at my gallery, I've bought a couple of keepers over the last few days, who are both. They've got L15s of zero. They are now expect both expected to be starters for their teams. Definitely one of them. He's been announced actually as one of the <coughs> captains of the team. Sorry, do you want to keep coughing, Chris? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and and the other one is a guy that's moved from um, River down to, um, I can't remember which team it is now. I think it's Godoy, isn't it? Godoy uh, is it yeah, about Petro? Yeah, and he's he expected to also be next season as well. Interesting. I've got another one for you, by the way, from the Mexican League. Um oh, yeah. on a similar similar vein. Um Oscar Wally. Wally. Um, Wally. Yeah. W H A L L E Y. He's a keeper, is he? Yeah, I had his limited last season. Um he moved from the Spanish division too, actually. And um he was expected to come in and challenge and the old manager didn't like him and he, he was kind of number three. So they've now got the, um, he's at um, Chivas. They've got the old Racing manager, uh, Gargo, that's gone in there and um, he's looking like he's uh, secured the number one spot in pre-season. So, um, yeah, Oscar, Wally, um, I think will be another L15-0 um, first week. So, uh, Dave has just bought three of them. Um, just one. <laughs> to 20 starts this weekend, doesn't it? Or they haven't seen anything mentioned yeah. about it from um, so rare, weirdly. Like that, since they made the announcement that it was starting this week, they haven't mentioned it at all. Interesting. And that was back in December, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen anything either. Yeah, you're not wrong. In I've fact, lost it. I've lost it in thought now because I'm. I'm just realizing I've been going through and looking at like when I can actually field a decent sort of America team and I'm realizing how ill prepared I actually am. Christ. 
Yeah, no, because Brazil doesn't come back for a long time. But I can't actually field a proper team until four, five, three, and that's when MLS is back. That's we'll a long time to wait. I know we'll be doing some buying after the show. I'm itching right now. I'm getting a rash. I'm getting a. I'm getting an auction rash right now. I might have to go buy some players. So. <laughs> I think at this time of the season as well. Look, traditionally, this is probably the worst time of the year for red X's on the site. And I know it appears that there's a bug on the site at the moment. Obviously, so rare get the feed from Opta. And so a lot of this is relying on what Opta do. And they can take ages. Like I know players that have moved and they're still showing at their old teams. I know players that are at new teams and are still showing as red X's. Mm-hmm. So, but it will catch up. And generally, like if there's any issues with certain players, just email support and they'll generally sort of fix it. But give it a few days though. It will take and it does does tend to happen. But they're showing Thomas Shankley is still still at uh still in Argentina and he's at New England Revolution, so Yeah, exactly. Because it wasn't the online. There's a lot of players in there. Yeah, there is a lot of players, you're not wrong. Was he on loan there last season? Then he yeah, went. Yeah, he back. was. Yeah, and they made. And then they've then. actually bought him, so he's going back up there. Yeah, yeah. With that being said, do you guys actually have anyone? Because we've got the pick game will be coming back this weekend. Because we actually have all leagues coming back this weekend. Do you guys actually have anyone at the moment, or do you need some time for the picks game, or for yeah, like for the picks game. in general? For the picks game. Yeah, I've got someone. Yeah, you've got someone because I was. Yeah. I've just realised that I don't. Neither do I. <laughs> we are so prepared. Well, you've got a bit of time to actually look through them, haven't you? Were we going to talk about a couple of America players that we liked as well? Was that? Yeah, um... let's let's go. No, on. yeah, we were. I was just saying then because I I just realised that we're talking like I don't want to just then throw it straight to the picks game after and then we don't actually have anyone. So yeah. well, let's talk. Well, you can look. Well, yeah, either of us okay. are talking. Do you want so, to go first, Chris? Is, like I think yeah, you're go prepared, on. don't you? I'm not actually. I did say yesterday. I was. I. Oh, I've got loads of players, and I forgot to do it. But I've. I've managed to think. Think of a couple anyway off the top of my head. So, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go for one from MLS, one from Mexico, and then one from a different league in uh, the America region. So the first one. So my challenge from from the lads was to, um, as is my way, to go for older players. And I was saying, you know, should I go over 32, over 33? I'm going to go for, I think they're all 35, actually. So they're either 34 or 35. So I'm going to go for real oldies here. So my first one I'm going to go for um, is someone who I think is crazy value. I think he's a great cap 240 option as a forward. He's the kind of forward that I know Ryan loves in cap 240, decisive or nothing, is Mr... Fernando Zampedri from Universidad Católica. Um, he's known as El Toro, his nickname. Guy is an absolute goal machine. Um, he's a DA machine, but especially especially goals. So um, if you have a look at his um, record since he's been at the club, he's been there for four years. I think he's the second highest top scorer ever in Chilean football in four years. Um Basically, every season, he's getting sort of 20 goals plus. So, first season, he had 20 uh, and no assists. Second season, he had 23 goals and four assists in 2021. 2022, he had 18 goals. And in last season, 2023, he had 17 goals and two assists. Um, He quite often gets um, two or three decisives in a game. He also gets quite a few yellow cards. Um, 
And he also gets the old game where he gets, you know, a, a 35 or, or whatever because he just gets a, a fair amount of big chances missed and, and, and whatnot. But, yeah, he's a good player. He's a goal machine and um, really good option in, in a cap 240. And he's absolutely cheap as chips. And he's 35 years old, obviously, as well. You got, how do you want to do it? Do you, want to, do you guys want to like take turns and, and name a player each? Yeah, go yeah. on. America. So, David, do you want to go next? Because you... I don't remember what sort of category you took. Well, I was going for sort of, you know, more mid-tier. Um, the first one I'll talk about is a player that was has been brilliant in the past on so rare and has been incredibly expensive at certain points. But he lost set pieces to a guy that is no longer with the club. Then he tore his meniscus back in the last year, missed the last few months of the MLS season. But I believe he's back... Um, although it did look like there's a few Argentinian clubs that were interested in buying him. Um, but I believe he's back at the moment. Looks like he's going to be staying with the teams. Um, and that is Pablo Ruiz, who used to be a very expensive card. And now you can get him at you know reasonably realistic prices. And I would class him as a, a mid-tier forward with like high-tier upside. You know, the guy that was taking the set pieces was uh, Savarino, is it? And he yeah. is, yes. I think he's it's gone Ru- to Botafogo, I think. I don't think he's gone confirmed yet, but it's looking like it's uber close to being confirmed. Right. And so when he goes, like the guy, there's Luna, the youngster, um, but I think it'll be Ruiz on a monopoly of set pieces, providing he stays. And his upside could be huge. I'm not going to give you his age and weight and everything like Chris has been doing. But, <laughs> you know. Do you know, I'm actually going to surprise you a bit. I'm not, not going to go for like a complete smasher Rooney kind of player. And, and, and my player is MLS. And one thing oh, I will say is, no, it's not. A lot, <laughs> a lot of the time, actually, I find with the best players in MLS, they are actually 30 and above. There's actually not that many players sort of 20 to 30 years old that are huge smashers. There are a few. You've got your Ricky Pooges and people like that. But so what I think is not a bad shout for this year. I think Timmy Pookie is going to flip and smash it in the MLS. He is on the older side. I think he's 33. But he's a player that is, you know, two years ago was playing in the Prem. A year ago was was playing in the Championship, scoring goals. He still plays for Finland. And I think he's someone that will, honestly, I think he'll smash it. I think he's got a good sort of support system of, of players behind him. We've got Reynoso, Bonculli, Hong Wayne, or whatever his name is. Like, got some half-decent players behind him. And I think he's a player that I, I expect will score a lot of goals. And I don't, I, you know, his price isn't huge. I don't see a huge amount of people sort of hyping him up. So, yeah, it's kind of my, um, yeah, that's my, my my first pick, guys. What do you think? Yeah, I think good pick, yeah. I think that, um, yeah, he could he could do well. Yeah, and he's quite cheap, isn't he, still? Yeah, he's like 80 quid for his rare, I think 500 for his super rare. Like, I think it's quite reasonable. I did just FOMO and buy a Nahuel Guzman, by the way, just so you guys know. Uh, he's not going to be... Speaking of, old, speaking of old South Americans. Yeah. He's suspended, you know. Uh, I know he is. I know he is, yeah. That's why I got. I think I got him cheap. Cheaper anyway, like right. 30, 40 quid below. I've got another one then. So I've got my next one. I'm going to stick on my... Uh, a very similar sort of strategy to my previous player and I'm going to go for another 35 year old striker uh, Chicharito Javier Hernandez so this is my Mexican pick uh, and another mention of the, the team Chivas in uh, in Liga MX so 
Chicharito has just signed for them. They are um, one of the bigger sort of teams in in the league in the league MX um, top three, top four side. Um, he is an absolute hero in Mexican football. He's going back to his club that he um, came through at as a youth player, as a boy, before he came over to uh, Man United. Um, and big things are expected of him. The The one major risk is his injury record has not been good over the last couple of years. Isn't he 100 but, years old as well? 35. 35 years old, David. So, what, what club is he at now? He's at Chivas Guadalajara. Chivas. Yeah. He is down as Chicharito on um, on Soro as well, not Javier Hernandez. Um, when he has been fit last year, he was um, he struggled with fitness all season. But previous year, cruciate ligament tear, isn't he? Yeah, he had. Yeah, which is those horrible pitches in the MLS, which he hopefully doesn't have to deal with anymore in, in Mexico, and they're slightly better. Um, but yeah, twenty twenty two, he scored eighteen goals and got two assists. 2021, he got 17 goals, two assists. Um, so yeah, you know, he's got the pedigree there. He's one of the, I think he's the leading scorer in Mexican football as well, ever in, in the Mexican national team. Um, and it's you know, a big name over the years, obviously the twilight of his career, but expecting him, you know, along alongside the likes of Gignac, who's done very well in, in you know, later in his career to potentially do very well. Um, and you know, there's a little Chivas stack you can you can start to create almost there now with the keeper mm-hmm. uh, Alan Mozo, who I think you have, David. The oh, right super, eh? Yeah, um, and now Chicharito in there as well. Yeah, good who's pick. Your, yeah. Who's your second pick, Dave? Um, I'm going to go for one that's already got a bit, you know, a few mentions in the the wider community, um, and that is Albert Rusnak. Albert Rus Albert was an absolute beast in the past. Um, he used to have like a you know monopoly of sets, and he was absolutely you know one of the cards. He used to be like ridiculously expensive. Then he moved to Seattle, and it's fair to say expectations were high, and he largely disappointed. And I think that's mostly because he was playing in a double pivot in defensive midfield for the Sounders most of last season. Back end of the season, like last sort of six or seven games. He moved into the sort of the central number 10 role and a role which he sort of, you know, did part time with Ladero. Ladero's obviously left the club now and gone on to um, Orlando. And so Rusnak is expected to nail that number 10 and for it to become his own. Now, I don't know whether he'll take set pieces. I imagine that Jao Paolo will at least, you know, have half of them, but he might take some set pieces. I think there's a good chance he's on pens. Um, and as you can see from his scores, um, not just from AA, but also from decisives, back end of the season, he was starting to pop. And so I think he could be uh, an absolute cracking card. And you can still get him pretty cheaply as well. I'm going to have one caveat for you there that's a slight maybe issue in the Rusnak discussion in the last 24, 48 hours is, I don't know if you've seen, but Seattle are... Uh, assigning a player from the Argentine league called De La Vega. He's a winger, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a winger, but he does take some set pieces as well. So yeah, I don't so... know whether... I mean, he's the, he's going to be a new guy to the team, younger guy. I don't know whether 
Rusnak and, and João Paulo will have that seniority over him in terms of set pieces, but he did, he did take a lot of set pieces for Lanus. And, yeah, um, no, I think I did see that. Player. And I yeah, think he's I'm more likely to come in player. as like a winger. Um, I, <clears throat> he may end up taking some set pieces, but I think João Paulo, if he's on the pitch, he'll be yeah. likely be taking them. And I think Rusnak and the other guy, but I wasn't really factoring in that he would have set pieces. I think he's, he, he could have penalties, especially if uh, Rui Diaz isn't on the pitch and he's injured after the year anyway. So, yeah. you know, I think that the upside, and he wasn't on set pieces back end of the year, I don't think, but you can look at his scores and he was still doing, you know, pretty decent numbers. Yeah, but playing as that number 10, he's got a lot more licence for, for the sizes, hasn't he? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. My pick is going to be someone that I have advocated and and sort of hyped up a lot in the last, I would say, probably the last like two months of the MLS season. I think he is one of the best defenders in the in the league in terms of uh, just raw ability, and I think that he's going to smash it. And that is Griffin Dorsey from uh, Houston. I think the lad is 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 genuinely a quality quality player. He's someone that I can see being getting a a big move at some point in the next few years he, he just his levels he levels above a lot of the of the other uh defenders especially given the fact that he's actually american as well he's not a dp he's not a foreign player he's an american lad that i think will will smash it go on to honestly be a, a right back somewhere i can see him in like a like a belgian league or a early busy or something you know like a like what's his name um the lad that moved to celtic kind of thing you know i think he's got that ability so i think he'll smash it this year, I really do, and Houston are just a, a good team in general. Like they are a really solid team. They were great last year. I can see them continuing it this year. So uh, we'll see. We Have they brought see. any DPS in yet? No, I don't know. Um, I know there was rumors. I think of Corey Bird, Bard, Bird, Bear. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Potentially moving. Um, for me, I haven't actually kept a huge amount of tabs on on the moves I've been making just because I've been really busy and not kept up with the MLS that much recently. But if they can bring in, I truly believe if they could bring in a better right winger and a better striker, the rest of their team is good enough. They can, they could go on and ha easily be MLS cup champions a year from now. If they, like, I think they've got, I like Steve Clark. He's not an amazing keeper, but he just does a decent job. He's sort of like an experienced sort of keeper that that's vocal and keeps his defense in sort of shape. Um, I think that their fullbacks Escobar and Dorsey are really solid. I think their backline of uh, Mikhail, Michael, and uh, and Sviet I mean Sviatchenko is a bit of a donkey, but like he's he's good enough for the MLS, right? Like Chiellini looked all right in the fiftieth year of his career, so like you know, um, Hector Herrera is incredible, and then the rest of the team is I think serviceable. So like you know, there's there's some decent players there. I think they could do all right. Have you guys got any more picks? I don't want to throw yeah. it over to you if you're not... Okay, one you more. I'll get one more. Um, one more? Perfect. Yeah, so my last old man um, is <laughs> um, is my MLS pick. So I'm going to go for a Brad sprightly... Brad No. <laughs> no, I'm going to go for a sprightly 34-year-old this time. My other two were 35. So I'm going to go for Andreu Fontas from Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City. He is a ball-playing centre-back um, and he just churns AA basically. He's very consistent at home, especially. Um, his last year, he's averaged 62 in all his home games. Um, Kansas, Sporting Kansas, are a very uh, a team that dominate possession at home. And 
he's one of those players who you know typically does score much better in those home games than away. Um, starts off a lot of the play as kind of almost like a deep line playmaker, so he gets a lot of points for sort of long raking passes um, into the opposition. Um, and yeah, just a very, very solid, very uh, um, good value, dependable defender with some fairly high peaks as well. So Andreo Fontas is my last old man pick. Okay, I've got a couple more. Um, Nathan is one. He's a, probably a little bit expensive now and there are, is some risk surrounding him, but I think he becomes... He's obviously moved from San Jose where he tore his ACL right at the start of last season. So he's been out for a year. Um, he's back. He's training. Um, or he, Sorry, he's ready to train when they start the, the camps. And I expect that he will be a starter alongside Yamar. Um, I think he's more experienced and a far better, although Reagan's done pretty well. I just think that you know, without a doubt, Nathan is the superior defender. And I don't think they switch to a back five or back three, however you want to look at it. Uh, so I think he's a decent option. Um, there's a couple more from Mexico, a cheaper U23 striker that starts this weekend, who's with Nexia. And that is Ricardo Montreal, um, who has been in and out with injury, but he's a decent player. And if you look, when he plays and when he starts, he's actually put some put together some decent scores and then another guy that transferred there from Europe I think is uh Sebastian Salas Lemong um which yeah. team did which team did he go to it wasn't um it's San Luis isn't it Athletic yeah. San Luis yeah and he looks like he's going to be a starter this season and when he's been starting, a lot of the scores have been, you know, considerably better. He had a bit sort of a bit part role when he first moved there. So I think he could be quite an interesting option. You can still pick him up relatively cheaply as well. I think that some solid, solid options. Um, we'll do America again, I think, when it's a bit closer to like MLS. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah. I think uh, for myself, the, the only, I, I've got like maybe one or two of the, what you typically associate with me players uh first things first a player that you absolutely love david uh diego rossi oh yes i was going to bring him up but i thought he's probably a bit too expensive for me to mention him don't worry i've got you uh yeah love i mean it. like he will smash it i think he will hit ridiculous numbers the only reason why i've not sort of i don't want to say degend into him uh but the only reason why i've not sort of got into him myself is because i have a couple of decent forwards already i got like messy and whatnot i feel like they're going to be neck and neck with scores you know what i mean like i don't need to get a second one i've got messy and whatnot <laughs> i think that uh if he stays cucho hernandez it's looking likely that he could stay as well cucho i think would be a good one i really like aiden morris this year as well if he uh, stays as well isn't there stays. like talk of him leaving yeah I, I never really know with them to be honest like there is there is sort of talk here and there i don't really you know what i mean <laughs> I, who knows? But I like him. He's, his AA has really improved, especially over the back end of last year. Um, I was a bit worried with the Columbus crew as well when they lost um, the Armenian lad. I forget. I was a bit worried with it, with, with how they would perform. But no, I think that uh, I think they'll be pretty good. I also think that, I think, like I mentioned earlier, Ricky Pooch is a good one. Like LA Galaxy at the moment seem to be really strengthening, you know? 
they just broke their record for a new lad, I think, or they are breaking the record for a new lad uh, coming soon. Um, they brought in Larice, I believe, or was that LAFC? I always forget. No, I think that, it was LA LAFC. Galaxy. LAFC, yeah. right? Uh, no, they brought in. Didn't was it Galaxy that brought in the old LFC? The keepers have been a mess. My head's jammed with keepers. Someone went somewhere and then another McCarthy guy went somewhere. Went else. There. Was it McCarthy? That's yeah. what. I'm, yeah, like yeah. one of the keepers went there. Um, but they just seem to be enforcing a little bit. So, I think, you know, it could be one to what what I like with with teams when they sort of buy players. Like for example, into Miami buying Suarez. I don't like to go out and buy the player they buy. I like to go out and buy players that could benefit from that good player going there. So I think Ricky Pooch will benefit from having a bunch of good players in LA Galaxy. I think the likes of uh, Messi, but also players like Busquets and Alaba are going to benefit massively from having Suarez and a proper target man in the mid- in the middle of the pitch. Um, that's making runs and looking for the ball. I think like because he was really good in Brazil last year, like really really good in Brazil. So yeah, um, there's a few options there. But to be honest, I'm mainly an MLS guy. So I think if we pick it up closer to MLS, I will have. <laughs> more picks and also we're at the point where sort of there's a lot of transfer stuff going on so if we picked up up in a few weeks i think there'd be a we'd have a lot more information and a lot more accurate sort of teams and stuff like that so we know what's going to happen in the uh in the new year i also Um, deliberately didn't include any brazilians because that league is like still three months away so it's is it it three months away? yeah it's april so it's almost in its own kind of you know window in in its own right isn't it yeah that's that's kind of annoying i i actually i tell you so there's a website i use called fanatis it's 70 quid a year yeah. you can watch yeah. argentina and brazil yeah I watch games um, but uh, i tell you one of the reasons why i've i've massively i think i mentioned it last week massively fallen with mls is the apple tv coverage it's so good I, that's why i love watching the mls and it's why i sort of exclusively look to the mls route when i'm buying cards in america is because of how easy it is for me to watch MLS and how enjoyable the experience is because Fanatis is good but I yeah. the commentators can be really annoying sometimes the way that I they think they're just sat in a room somewhere in, in the UK <laughs> yeah. aren't they? watching They're, it well like some of them a lot of the time in the Brazilian league I don't know so much about Argentina but in the Brazilian league there's this one guy that like and like and he is Brazilian himself so he pronounces stuff the right way but it's just so like obnoxious sometimes he'd be like <laughs> The Quinio Suarez and he scores another goal again for Bota Fogo. And it's just like, it's great, but like, I'm just trying to relax and watch players play, mate. You know, calm it down a little bit, please. But anyway, moving on from America, should we get the old weekend picks game going? Yeah, no, I'm ready. And just so, the scores on the doors. Scores on the doors, yeah. So just to go back a little bit, historically, Chris won the first three games like the, that we ran since you guys came on the pod. So he was 3-0-0 up at one point. He's still on three. Ryan, you're on six. I'm coming at the rear on five. David loves coming at the rear. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I'm now on five after winning last week. So the last time we ran it, the scores were, and I'm going to go back a few pages. I picked Sean Longstaff, who was shit, got a high score of 41. Uh, Chris, you picked Samu who had an absolute dog shit week and got 38. And uh, you picked Diego Carlos, Ryan, who didn't play. So I, I, didn't, literally... I didn't pick Diego Carlos. PSU fans picked Diego Carlos, didn't they? Was that, no, the no, that was the week before that, wasn't it? Uh, was yeah, it? no, he picked a guy who didn't start as well. Oh. He picked um, the guy that came from Celtic to Celtic Vega. Oh, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. 
So, who's ready to go on this one then? Not me. I've got a belter, by the way, this week. Have you? Have you just? You're not going to be able to go for someone playing Rudez, are you? So, no, no, I've got an absolute little belter here. So, African Cup of Nations starts this weekend. Yeah. So, um, I've had a look at a couple of their games. Um, So, Cote d'Ivoire or Ivory Coast, as more commonly we call them in the UK, um, are playing. At, well, it says at home. I don't know where it is to be fair, but um, it's, they're playing Guinea-Bissau. No idea who they are to be fair. I've never really heard of them, so I'm assuming they're, not they're a big favourite. Although I did look on the actual um, rankings on So Red Data, and they have that as one of the matchups of the week. I don't think exactly it's quite that big a matchup, but not anyway. that big. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go for um, one of their main players who plays in the Premier League but is a lot stronger internationally, which is Ibrahim Sangare uh, in the midfield. So I would expect that um, Ivory Coast are pretty dominant in that game in terms of possession. Um, Sangare for Ivory Coast... um, Seems to score very well. Um, his last four games for them, he's got a 65, an 82, an 80, and a 57. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty confident that Sangari will play and he will score well and they will get up with a good start as one of the big favourites in that competition. So he and We should my- find out in approximately 10 minutes, but um, do you think they'll have a special tournament for African Cup of Nations? I hope they do because I think it like I think it a lot of people have kind of prepared for it a little bit and I tried to warn people when when they were doing it that like you need to realize that every league's going on at the same time so while you may be preparing for Afcon like with buying a bunch of players like it's not like if you're preparing for a competition where it's the only competition going on at that one point like Bayern Munich is still playing and smashing so you play all your Afcon players and gash you still got to beat a whole Bayern Munich stacker, a whole PSG stacker, a whole whatever stack's playing that week. That's got a Celtic stacker, a Feyenoord stack, right? So and it'd be you can't nice use if... them in the regions, can you? So... Exactly, yeah. So it would be nice if they added some kind of special weekly where people can play their AFCON players because I think it's a nice... What I like about things like AFCON is it's a nice little way where if you are... If you do plan ahead and you do, you do take the opportunity <clears throat> and sort of you can give yourself a bit of an advantage for way less of the budget of if, if you were to go and buy a team of whatever, Galatasaray or some shit, you know? So I think I think the advantage you'll get is, I mean, Sangari is a good example of this. He's quite an average player in scoring terms for his club side. Um, whereas, you know, Ivory Coast are one of the big, big favourites in that competition. His L15 is 41. So, you know, if he goes in and gets a 70-80 this weekend, he's going to be a pretty elite option in, in a cap mode side. So that's probably where you're going to get value out of the um, AFCON players is, is using them in the cap. Um, yeah, looks like we just lost Chris. Have you got a pick, Ryan? I do have a pick, yeah. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go... I'm, I, I had forgotten about AFCON, but I'm going to go with a sim. I'm going to go down a similar route with AFCON. Uh, it's a bit risky because I have absolutely no idea if he plays or not for the team. I I think he does, but it's okay. I, you take a risk. You take your risk. I'm gonna, given given that one point up, I'm going to take a risk, have a bit of fun, and then if uh, 
yeah, if if it doesn't pay off, then I'll go back to being boring and trying to pick cheat goes and stuff. I'm going to go with Daniel Amati. Ghanaian international. Plays for Besiktas at the moment, but he is obviously an international duty. 14 quid for his rare. £1.25 for his limited. Gets decent AA regardless when he plays. Doesn't play every game for Besiktas, but he averages sort of, on games he starts, he gets sort of 15, 20 AA a lot of games. Is he uh, on there from Leicester? Or is he moving- I, I don't know. I have no idea, but I do remember this lad at Leicester. So that's quite funny. I remember him years ago at Leicester. Um, probably like, oh, he was like 20, 21 years old back then. I think he's like nearly 30 now. Um, but yeah, he, he averages sort of 28 for Ghana as well. And they're at home to Cabo Verde. Now, I don't actually understand how AFCON works. When they're at home, are they actually at home in their own country? Yeah, it's not like held it in one country. No, it's, it's all in there. one country. I can't remember. It's all in one country. in this year. I can't remember. Okay, can't remember. fair enough. Well, so that doesn't really matter if they're home already. But uh, yeah, they're against Cabo Verde. Um, Cape Verde. Is that is that is it, it just Cape? It just says Cabo Verde on Sora data. I don't know if I, I didn't want to mispronounce it. I thought it was Cape Verde based on the badge, but I think, I think it is Cape Yeah. Yeah. Well. They, they call it Cabo earlier, being politically correct, guys. I mean, we've already isolated ourselves from the Turkish community today, so we might as well try and keep the Cape Verdeans on board. Yeah, so Daniel Lamar is my pick. And I've gone with a really cheap one this week because, you know, sometimes I push the boundaries. So, you know, this one's this one's three limited thresholds. <laughs> so it looks like the, the African Cup of Nations is in the Ivory Coast this year as well. Oh, it is in the Ivory Coast. Of course it is, yeah. I remember yeah. actually seeing that. So, okay, good picks. I'm going to go with standard. I'm going to stick with normal leagues. And I'm going to go with a guy who I won as a reward and actually has turned out to be relatively decent. And that is Bradley Loco. And he plays for Stabrest in France. He's got a home matchup this weekend. Currently, Stabrest are fourth in the league. Um, He's got strong AA, um, although he's a fullback, so it can be up and down. But the over his last three games, his average AA is 34. He's got no goals and assists, or sorry, he's got no goals, one assist, but he does get forward. So I'm hoping that this is the weekend. They've got an easier home game that is, uh, gets a decisive, gets his AA and smashes. So that's my guy. And you can pick him up for limited for seven quid and his rare is 50 quid. So top end of budget, I'd say. Nice. Fair enough. All right. Well then, is that everything, guys? Anything else anyone wants to, to cover today? Um, one thing I did say last week that um, you needed to claim within seven days to get your rewards from the thing. Um, there's been I forgot to actually send a tweet out to say that, so I will extend it to the end of this week or to Sunday or something, and I will put a tweet out today. There you go. All right, guys, and uh, the Brian Hayden has been claimed. And never again am I agreeing to that shit. Um, fucking 60 quid that cost me. 60, 60 fucking big ones that cost me, honestly. I'm never agreeing. You lot can have shit all. I'd rather go on a fucking FaceTime with Doreen. All right, guys. Thank you for listening or... Well, you can only listen to it, can't you? You can say you're watching, but we don't have it on YouTube yet. So thank you for listening. Um, watch their phone while they're doing it. But... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just we can all sit. We can all sit here in our pants for another week then until... Uh... Exactly, yeah. Just get a picture of us on each... On uh, You know, get three pictures up of his and then just listen to it and you can just imagine us talking I reckon Um, I imagine Doreen already has around his uh, (laughs) (laughs) triple monitor setup and one of us on each with AI generated with our faces on them fucking hell All right, guys thank you for listening to the uh, Sarah Ramble Uh, I've been your host it's Ava we're joined by Sarah Monkey and the Bull Stars and we will be back again next week take care have a good one bye